Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JV Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd, I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Oh, uh, same thing as everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing as I said the past couple weeks, whatever that was, and what I will be saying the next, you know, number of weeks, episodes, TBD. Yeah, I'm I'm here. You don't have big plans, Rob? (laughs) No, no. no. I mean, you texted me like, hey, you free to do a podcast? I was like, yeah, I, I think so. (laughs) I think so. Um, Well, the good news today is we are back and we actually have real JMU sports to talk about today. Um, So first, we want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening to our episodes um, during the last couple months without JMU sports. And especially to those of you that have uh, reached out and said good things about the JMU built series. Um, We'll be working on a couple more of those down the road here. Uh, but today we have real sports to talk about, Rob, which is cool. Um, yeah. and, and I feel lucky, you know, it's weird to feel lucky to be the podcast that is not real, right? Is not professional. Yeah. But we lost, um, you know, just pour one out for shut down full cast and podcast ain't played nobody. Some of our favorite um, other outlets where pro podcasters are getting furloughed and shut down and um we're going to miss those guys, and it's a, it, it reminds me how lucky we are just to have our organic audience, so that's cool. Um, the, the shutdown forecast has the distinction of being, like, in terms of, like, relatively speaking, in terms of resources yeah. to production quality, yeah. might actually be worse than ours. <laughs> yes, they, they might be, exactly. They actually are. <laughs> From a technical standpoint. Yes, yes. Um, but we love those guys, and, and it was sad to get that oh, this is the last one. You're like, ah, <laughs> so. Oh, it's just, it, yeah. And reading the tea leaves, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know it, if it sounds like back. that might, they might not be coming back. Yeah. Somebody should scoop them up. They're talented guys. Yeah. By my money, the most entertaining group of college football writers. Yes. Out there. Yeah. Well, you know, and not even close. Yeah. Holly Anderson tweeted back at us with the Go Dukes this week, and yeah. I, I, I was very proud of that, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but we are here because of our friends um, at Pale Fire and Mossy Creek. A couple cool things. Um, you know, we won't go long into it. We're not doing giveaways or anything. But Red Molly came out last week, so that's a lot of people's favorite Pale Fire beer. You can go by the tap room anytime and pick up um, some of – Tall Boy cans. Yeah, yeah, Tall Boy cans of the Red IPA. Um, really good stuff. Also, the Pale Fire helps. You can donate um, there. Uh, you can donate canned food. You can donate all kinds of like food items in Harrisonburg too. That uh, Pale Fire is running the uh, free uh, food pantry for restaurant workers in the area. Certainly going to need it. And I just thought, Rob, it was really cool. I noticed that they have spread. There are five other breweries who have taken the idea from Pale Fire and run with it. Yeah. Um, JMU owned Bear Chase Brewery out here in Bluemont, Virginia, sort of past Leesburg. Uh, Ardent in Richmond. Um, so you could contribute Great down beers. there. Great yeah. Beers. Apocalypse yeah. Ale Works, which I think is outside of Lynchburg. So fuck Liberty, but, um, <laughs> but they're um, down there too. Great places to donate as well. And then one of my favorite breweries from North Carolina, Trophy Brewing down in Raleigh is in, and there's even one of their uh, brewery from out in Northern California, Eight Bridges. So I don't know the first thing about them, but. Well, that... it's such a collaborative yeah. industry. Yeah. Like, everybody's very competitive and everybody's fighting for right. sharing, you know, crowded yeah. shelf space and blah, 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 blah. But time and time again, you read stories about how the industry is so supportive of each other yeah. in terms of sharing advice and everything. And one, this is a great example. Another great one. I don't yeah. know if you were were aware of the Restoration Ale. After mm. the fires, oh, that no. Sierra Nevada published yeah. a recipe. Nice. And just published it online with all the ingredients. And then oh. all these other breweries brewed it and donated all the proceeds. That's so cool. Really. And it was hundreds and hundreds of breweries across the country nice. doing it. It's just It's really neat to see 
kind of breweries, which are kind of the ultimate local business nowadays. I mean, you read about yeah. the big ones, but uh, I personally think that's kind of where the industry is going, like hyper local, wherever we have a couple of their favorites. Right. And then everyone, but it's really cool in times like this. Fortunately, those are businesses that are in a little better shape. That's what I was going to say. A lot of them because we're all going to the lot. Yeah. I know the, the local bottle shop by my neighborhood it said business is booming and they're heartbroken about it. Yeah. You know, they're like, it, it's, people are coming in. We, they're like, we would much rather people be spending their money, at the, you know, like it was when they were profitable, but the other restaurants and small shops. So it's scary, but it's really awesome when people like Tim step up and create something that, that catches a little bit of a groundswell and grows. Sure is. The bottle shop, um, you know, I'm City of Fairfax, Rob, and my bottle shop is now delivering via robot um high side here so oh that's awesome yeah they're doing great um yeah they may be our only small businesses left after all this is over it's the brewery so yeah go support um and help their friends um pretty much everybody i think that works probably for a brewery now at one point or another also worked at a restaurant so yeah (laughs) it's a good collaboration and then our friends at mossy creek you can uh, order all your fly fishing needs uh for curbside pickup there at their takeout window there in harrisonburg anytime you want um Really cool. They they put it out so we didn't have to stay quiet about it. But it was good to see they gave a private uh, trip to Steven Strasberg and Brandon Snyder from the Nats last week. Yeah. yeah. So that was really cool. Apparently, that was one of Strauss's best days ever. And they said they might be trying to come back. So that's really cool. Wow. Um, this Thursday, as they have been doing most Thursdays on Facebook Live at 6 o'clock uh, Eastern time, Brian is going to be teaching um, some more advanced fly tying. I, I don't, I'm going to probably butcher all these terms, Rob, but they're getting ready for terrestrial season. So it is, uh, he'll be doing the crow beetle and the transparent on Thursday, which are apparently uh, two of Brian's favorite uh, flies to tie. So get some big hogs. For yeah, that yeah. So anybody who um, is really interested, you can t- check them out um, on Thursday at six. Uh, we want to do a quick. I think there's yeah. also. Uh, a movie being premiered online there is. this week yeah, related tonight, to Project actually, Healing Waters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Which tonight at the- 7, um, the Project Healing Waters Facebook page. If you go there, I think you can find out um, everything about it. And it's about the Mossy Creek Invitational from 2019, from last year. Um, so really cool chance to see about something we've heard so much from Brian about. And then- yeah, and if, and if anybody wasn't able mm-hmm. to listen to the most recent podcast mm-hmm. we discussed, Project Healing Waters is a terrific uh, charity that was started up as a way to get uh, veterans, disabled veterans, or, or people, you know, who are injured in war, or suffering from mm-hmm. you know stress or anything, out on the water as a form yep. of like stress relief and rehab, and it's been tremendously successful. Um, yeah, and a lot of that success is due to the guys at Mossy Creek. They raised about <laughs> two million dollars for it. Yeah, um, outstanding organization. If if you're looking to get involved in a charity that helps veterans, I'd highly recommend digging in and, and learning about this. Um, mm-hmm. And check out the movie; it's really cool. I've seen other movies about it. Yep. There was one at the Fly fishing oh, cool. film tour two or three years ago mm-hmm. um, about the guy who founded it. And it was, it was really inspiring. So definitely worth your time. Very cool. Um, yeah. I should have said we're recording this uh, Tuesday afternoon. That was definitely a LaCroix uh, cracking there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. So a couple things we're talking about tonight. Um, we're meaning Tuesday night. If you don't see them, I know the project healing waters movie will still be up after that. Yeah. So you can check that out. Um, because the next thing we're going to do is run down a couple. Um, we're going to get to the NFL draft tonight. Um, that's what we really want to cover is, is the five and change players um, from JMU that, that signed pro de- contracts or have opportunities coming up. Um, but there was a couple other things we wanted to run through quickly about JMU sports. Uh, tonight, Tuesday night on Twitter, is the JM- JMU Athletics Awards, the JMA Awards <laughs> um, on Twitter. 
you can watch that on Twitter. I, Rob, I don't really know a lot about this. I think it's been, you know, most schools do some version of this yeah. at the end of the calendar, you know, sort of the school year for all sports. And this year, normally we don't really get to see it. You know, it's kind of uh, for the athletes and the coaches and their families. And, you know, maybe a few donors who are local can, can buy tickets and go and stuff like that. But tonight it's pretty much available for everybody. It might be kind of cool to watch. <laughs> so, you know, uh, certainly you want to celebrate. I, I know I'm glad that JMU is trying to celebrate this year's class, uh, you know, particularly the fall and winter sports who won't be coming back to campus and would have, you know, really gotten to really lost out this year on this kind of thing. Uh, and even the spring sports, I imagine there are plenty of kids if they're graduating in spring sports who aren't guaranteed to come back next year. So yeah, it probably sounds yeah. like I'm sure everybody yeah. wants to do it now, but job offers come in, things change. It'll be interesting to see who actually comes back. Yeah, it will. And, and I think it's probably sport dependent too, yeah. you know, in, in some cases. So, yeah. And then Rob, the big thing in the rundown today is there's Jamie men's basketball news all over the yeah. place here. Yeah. So I, I'm actually really excited about this coaching staff. I know. Coach, yeah, Coach B put out a tweet last night that had all of us who are, you know, mm -hmm. with time on our hands, which is all yeah. of us, um, <laughs> really digging in and getting all excited. And, and it, it was like one of these, like, whatever, six million emojis. It was a coach tweet, yeah. you know, like, oh, <laughs> great news, can't wait. And we didn't know. And, and the announcement was, you know, they, they haven't even finalized the staff. I believe they still have one more position. But they, so. they inked, what was it, four guys this morning? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the recruiting side is all you, Rob, on, okay. the, on the players. Well, I, I guess know it, was, the, it, was, it was five guys yeah. for the coaching. The yeah. coaching staff, I'm just coaching excited staff. about. Yeah. Coaching staff, it's just he's bringing along um, Andrew Wilson and mm -hmm. um, Xavier Joyner were names we'd heard out there. Mm -hmm. Wilson worked with him at Georgia Southern and College of Charleston. Uh -huh. I love that. John Cremens yep. also worked with him. He was yep. related to, to Bobby Cremens, who mm -hmm. Coach B worked under at Charleston. Um, and then a guy, Calvin Baker and Keith Chesley, who are kind of younger guys. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, no yeah. joke. No, um, you were just saying, Rob, that they had gotten John Cremens and Andrew Wilson, and then you were going into Chesley and Baker being younger guys. Yeah, um, I just and then Xavier Joyner, who's yeah, you know, kind of kind of mid level. I believe he was at what, Mount St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's. Uh -huh. um, I'm really excited about this. I, I like the idea of bringing in a mix of guys that he's worked with before, mm -hmm. who kind of hit the ground, but then also introducing some new blood. I'm very excited about Joyner and Baker. Yeah. Um, well, I can't, can you tell us why? Rob? Yeah. Full disclosure. Um, I went to Paul the Sixth Catholic in, yeah. in Fairfax. It's yeah. a bit of a basketball powerhouse. Um, yeah. And that's, that's not an overstatement. I mean, it's no. a perennial top, top 10, top 20 yeah. national program. Uh, Jeremy Roach, most recent McDonald's all American yeah. going to Duke graduated. It's just, it's a tremendous, tremendous school. Um, and really has become a, a national power in hoops, which makes yeah. me feel much better about getting cut. <laughs> back in high school when it was not a major power. So we'll just leave that. Um, but anyway, Joyner and Baker both coached at, at yes. high school. And I think people might kind of turn their nose up and initially be like, oh, high school coaches. Um, no, this is a super competitive conference. Uh, yeah. Arguably the, the toughest high school basketball conference in the country, WCAC. Yep. Um, point of reference, Marcus Thornton, the great yeah. player from – from William and Mary came out of the conference. Um, mm -hmm. If you go back, I mean, yeah, Joe Forte, yeah, yeah. Markel Fultz, everybody. Um, just a tremendous thing. So I think it's really important that JMU develops a way to, to tap into this, this conference in this region. DC, mm -hmm. DC area high school basketball, particularly in the private schools, 
is fertile, fertile recruiting ground. And it's ground that JMU has never been able to reach before. So now yep. you've got Joyner who coached um, AAU team takeover. Anybody yep. who's a recruiting yeah. nerd knows that. That's a very, very good AAU program. Baker was the recruiting coordinator for Paul mm-hmm. Six when he was mm-hmm. at Paul Six. And people, again, probably turned their nose up like recruiting in high school. Yeah. It, it's a big deal. I mean, they're getting players coming from all over the country to, to play yep. for some of these schools. So I love the fact that they've got relationships um, in the AAU game around here. I love the fact that he's bringing guys that he's worked with who kind of know the South a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, Virginia and the Carolinas, but then supplementing it with younger guys who really know the Mid-Atlantic. Mm-hmm. I think this is huge. I mean, if you just go back, I haven't done any thorough research, but can you think of any significant recruit JMU has had from, like, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, Northern Virginia area? I'm sure I'm missing them, but no. I mean, like, Matt I mean, Urbach? Right. God, right. God bless him. I thought he was a decent player. He left. Right. He played at Woodson, but we're certainly yeah. not getting any of the, like, all-met caliber players. No, um, that do occasionally land in CAA schools yeah. know, or, or mid-majors. They're not all going for various reasons, size or whatever. So I just, I'm really excited. I, I love the fact that he's going to have trusted guys, guys who know the way he's run a program. If you read mm-hmm. about Wilson and Kremens, yeah. um, it, they seem to – you always read about how they graduate players, which is mm-hmm. still very important to me. Call me naive if you want. But I, I think that's one thing that Roe did tremendously well was he kind of yeah. fixed the call yep. and really had guys that – that we're proud to be at JMU and, and we're good representatives of the university. Mm-hmm. I just, I think this is great. This reminds me of like a Mike Houston type staff where you've got a mix of guys who've really done it, who are, who've been really strong as assistants at other programs um, who've turned, I mean, these guys turned around Georgia Southern, part of a very successful college Charleston. Mm-hmm. And then the young guys who are, who are eager and really going to be able to connect with the high school coaches and the AU coaches. So, this is a great move. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I am too. And I think it shows a lot about JMU's um, acknowledgement of where things stand in men's college basketball today Yeah, and what kind of resources they needed. I mean, we had heard that even before Byington got hired was that, you know, one of the big things they were looking to do was not just hire a head coach, but give that head coach finally, you know, give them the resources they needed to put the staff together that, the, that would mm-hmm. help them win. Yeah. And um, I think help them win is not just uh, on the court, but also in the recruiting game. And this is clearly an acknowledgement that things have changed. And, you know, it's instead of saying, Oh, that's bad. Cause you worked with Nike or you worked with under armor in the AAU game saying, this is how it is. And we have to, you know, stay, keep our values, but also acknowledge maybe some fresh blood here is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, I mean you I, can take the Gary Williams approach and, yeah, yeah. and do it, but that requires having hall of fame coaching talent like Gary Williams had and not to say Byington <laughs> does it. Right, right. But you know, Gary Williams very proudly didn't really want to get his what he considered to be his hands dirty recruiting that world. And it kind of bit him. He was still tremendously successful getting under the radar, but Uh I mean he that's one thing I think that you know, he he probably could have been even more successful had he found a way to get Mm -hmm. involved and get connections in ways like you mentioned that aligned with his values and the school's values. And that yeah. appears to be what Byington's doing. So I'm, yeah. I'm super stoked about this. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. And then the other piece of news um, that we've all kind of we've known, I mean, this isn't huge news, but the scheduling part of it was bigger news, is that the home game when the JMU is going to host UVA is, has been scheduled for November 19th. That's uh, one week before Thanksgiving. So the Thursday before Thanksgiving, uh, which is a pretty good time 
from a standpoint of like potentially filling the convo. Yeah. You know, that's like kind of the end of the, you know, students are still there, like sort of getting ready to leave. Like you might stay for a game against UVA when it's the, you know, it's just one more night sort of yeah. thing. And st I mean, still technically defending national champs. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, so I don't know if they'll, you know, we haven't gotten the full schedule for next year. JMU hasn't put that out. It's obviously a lot of things in flux right now. Um, but it's pretty exciting that they went ahead and, and scheduled this. And Rob, I don't know about you, but feeling a little more confident the last couple of weeks since we talked last about hoop season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, in some form or fashion, um, you know, I'm not willing to like sort of get too excited about well, games in September. Yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> looking know, for hotel rooms. Right, right, right. I'm not doing that, but I, I, I'm starting to think that there's going to be college next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, in some form or fashion and, and, Maybe, you know, or at least I'm hope, maybe I'm hopeful, maybe I'm naive, I don't know, but maybe for November, that's, that's a date we can, we can point to and, and hope for, um, for sure. So that's pretty cool. Um, I know that the players, Rob, there's some player news. We'll cover that. Uh, we'll do a longer basketball pod at some point. We should point out that um, other, you know, tough news, like everybody else, Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record, who covers the Hoops team, is uh is currently on a furlough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Medea is still working and, and we'll be, you know, doing double duty here and we love them both, but, uh, you know, hope Shane's okay. And we miss you. And, uh, you know, news will be interesting to come by in the next few weeks. I have a feeling. Yeah, it will. But, you know, it's um, a little sporadic. Yeah. But you can find a lot of it is still kind of just broken on Twitter, particularly with the yeah. transfers, you know, you got exactly. like Rashawn Fredericks from UAB and yep. um, was another guy from Wyoming. Mm -hmm. and, you know, Wyoming worked out. Wyoming transfer worked out pretty well last time for JMU with AJ Davis. Sure. So yeah, yeah. there's my analysis of that one. But um, no, no that, that's a guy from Virginia. Fredericks is a guy who was an All-American JUCO player, then went mm -hmm. to Cincy, transferred to UAB, and never actually played. And now is coming to JMU right. with a grad transfer. Uh, right. I, I think they're good pieces. You got to fill some holes now. Yeah, um, you do. Deshaun Parker, Darius Banks, and Dwight Wilson all mm -hmm. are leaving. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of expected. Uh, I can't say I'm happy to see any of them go. Right. But it was a yeah, team that won two games in conference. I mean, you're going to crack, crack a few eggs to make an omelet sort of thing. Yeah. We knew this was the cost of getting her in a row. We still think it was the right move. Um, yeah. I would have been perfectly happy to see them stay. But it's also – there's some benefit to having more spots yeah. open so you can kind of build build from the ground up again. Um, build for the future. Yeah. yeah. Matt Lewis is yeah. still there. I'd be more concerned if the freshmen were fleeing. Because mm -hmm. I do think there's some talent there, particularly Michael Christmas, mm -hmm. um, and I think Matt Lewis will probably ultimately return. I, I, it's a yeah, he put his name in the draft. Yeah, portal, right? and that's yeah. great. Get some info, but uh, unless yeah. he has some sort of amazing private workouts, I think he'll probably get some really good feedback on the types of things he needs to do to elevate his status and put him in position to play pro ball. Right, and then he'll come back and try to do that his senior year. Could be wrong. Yep. Maybe he'll go elsewhere. Yep. But so I, I'm. I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll see him return and he's a talented mm -hmm. guy. So yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's good. It's coming together. And we got Terrell Strickland. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Rod Strickland. Rod Strickland's kid. Yeah, yes. That's just amazing. Half smokes at the convo. Yeah, all around. I can't wait. Chili <laughs> dogs on the bench. Yes. Oh, oh. but he's also a guy yeah. who was, he played at Darius Banks high school, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then, so. and then did a year at prep school. And from the little I've been able to find on him, you know, mm -hmm. he, he really was kind of a late bloomer, so to speak, yep. and has 
been really was really impressive the past year, and people think he's got a pretty high ceiling at the mid-major level. So that's exciting. Anytime you get a guy with you know NBA bloodlines, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, that's definitely cool. Um, yeah, so that's all fun stuff on the basketball side, and, and you know it seems full speed ahead for the new staff. Um, no matter what else is going on around them, you know those guys they are focused on hoops. Yep. <laughs> Yep, so that's the way it is. Um, and then the big topic, Rob, we wanted to get to is the NFL draft. Yes. Um, right? I mean, the, this is our main topic today, and we're kind of going to go through all five guys and their opportunities and then maybe talk about a couple other guys um, and just big picture NFL draft stuff. Uh, the big, you know, the biggest news of all of this is Ben DiNucci got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, really cool. That, that was awesome to see the video of, you know, Jerry on his yacht calling Janucci. Yeah. You know, that was pretty cool. You that, know, that like, was really I mean, neat. obviously we're we're Redskins and Giants. We're both very anti Cowboys, but let's be honest, that was that was pretty darn cool, you know. Um, and there's there's so, a spot on the roster to, to be fought for. It's not there really is I mean, you got yeah. McCarthy who's got quite a track record with QBs. Uh-huh. Um, and behind Dak there's there's nothing insurmountable. You know, so no, and, and what a cool story. Uh, you know, that little kind of it, it sounds like McCarthy was like staying in the hotel. Yeah. Like had just gotten to Dallas when JMU was there in January for the championship game. And Danucci actually like recognized him. I don't know whether it was. Yeah. Recognized or ran into him on the elevator or something. Yeah. Um, Medea wrote know, so It's a great article. Greg's yeah, doing good work. Cool stuff. Sure. And I think McCarthy's, what was it? His, his cousin or uncle or somebody related to McCarthy coached Danucci in grade school basketball or something like that. Oh, wow. So he yeah. used that to, to open the conversation. He kind of had it. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I do think, you know, one of the weird things on this, a lot of people, I, I, I don't know. Anyways, this will be the last time we have to defend Danucci, I guess, but come on people. Like everybody just this, there's been a little bit of online, like I can't believe that he would get drafted and Brian Shore did not, you know, NFL is a different answer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really, it's not a knock on one player or another. I mean, we're going to talk the same thing in just a second about the two Stapletons yeah. and you know, what, what, which one you th- would think would get drafted kind of thing. Um, NFL is a different thing. And Danucci, you know, has shown, I mean, he did learn a new offense and become the starter in his freshman year at Pitt and then turn around and learn a new offense, become a starter in the first year at JMU and then turn around and learn a new offense and hang on to the starting job after a rough finish to that year again at JMU. Right. So just the mental processing is there. Um, you know, his accuracy was unquestioned last yeah. year. And guy, you know, I mean, he was incredible. His accuracy numbers and his there. leadership. I mean, and his leadership. And look, is, yep. college football is, is a different animal, but it's an, I think it's telling when you constantly have guys stepping up to defend him online. And, you know, that's my quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. I think that says Correct. a lot about, about a quarterback as a leader. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it's great. It, it's a rough. Rough, I guess, past right. nine months for the Danucci haters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can just yeah. say Colgate, yeah. and then I guess they'll try to throw out that last busted play interception in the end. But I don't know yeah. how you can look at the guy's body work and not be impressed. No, and I don't – and this is not a knock on – Shore was a great leader, yeah. no doubt about that, right? Um, Shore benefited from some – I mean, he had two NFL pass-catching yeah. targets who are still in the NFL. <laughs> um, he did throw a lot of balls up for grabs, and those guys made great plays. Mm-hmm. Um and he let's look, they're both probably pretty, you know, roughly similar in terms of numbers passing wise, um, the end of their careers. But 
if you're just looking at those guys on film, Danucci's a little bit better athlete in terms of moving around. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and that's not a knock on Shore. Shore's a good player all the way around. Great football, great college football player. But well, that's, I don't know. It's, it's similar I, to like this yeah. last dance thing where certain yes. people, like you can just enjoy it or there are people that need to do it, view it through the prism of, I need to find evidence to support my belief that LeBron is the GOAT or Jordan is the GOAT. Like, <laughs> right. You can just be happy for Nooch and still go, huh, I would have loved to have seen Shore get a shot. It's not like you're putting yeah. yourself in the – if you say, oh, this is great, that's not a knock on Shore. That's not doubting your loyalty or your fans no. for Shore. But it is weird how as sports fans we often do that. You, you feel the need to pick a side yeah. rather than just be yeah. excited. Uh, yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, Danucci, like you said, Rob, um, you know, we all know Dak Prescott is the starter, uh, assuming they re-sign him. Um, but behind that, there's two other guys that are, you know, very Danucci-esque type players. Yeah. Right. Um, I think Cooper Rush from Central Michigan and another guy they brought it. That was just a drafty, you know, a late round draft pick of a different team last year that was on the practice squad at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Danucci's got a, got a shot for sure. Um, and I guess we'll just stay with the Cowboys and get the Cowboys out of the mm-hmm. way. Because um, the other cool news was Rondell Carter also signed with the Cowboys. It was interesting. He was one of the last of the guys that signed. He was the last one to get announced. And yet we find out afterwards that he signed the largest deal of any undrafted free agent in the league. Yeah, it sounds year. like it was, it was delayed because there was a bit of a bidding war, particularly yeah, with the 49ers. The, with the 49ers, between the 49ers and the Cowboys. So um, he did ultimately sign with the Cowboys for what appears to be like sixth round type. Yeah. I mean, he got a signing yeah. bonus. Like, you know, like, so, I mean, pretty, obviously they think pretty highly of them, of him. And they think he can play for them. I, I am by uh, no means like a draft expert, but right. just based on watching college football and watching the pros, I thought Carter had yeah. the best chance to be drafted of any JMU player. That, that surprised me that he went undrafted. Yeah, it was for sure. Um, I, I also think Carter, you know, we'll see, but he just seems like a guy who can play at the pro level, like so many yeah. places. All those like, you know, kick, like field goal unit as a blocker, field goal blocking, you know, place kicking blocking unit, you know, all the different special teams places that he or can just play. have a versatility um, playing different spots on the line defensively might yeah, be tackle, it's quite similar to Earl Watford's ability to hang on a roster. Cause Watford can play base, all, all three, three spots. spots you know? base, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and it certainly, I mean, the, the commitment that Cowboys showed clearly means they, they thought Carter, I mean, to, to, to pay drafty money to an undrafted yeah. player is unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly they think he has a chance to be a part of their yep. franchise. So that was really cool. Um, the next one was John Daka, who signed as an undrafted free agent with the Baltimore Ravens, um, his hometown team, so yeah. to speak. Uh, really cool. Uh, it, it, it's funny. Doesn't Daka kind of strike you as a Ravens yeah, player? Yeah, he does. <laughs> right? like, yeah, I mean, uh, Ravens have a, a very clear identity. Um, you know, it's a pass yeah, like just, just pin your ears back and go. Just a disrupt, yeah, disruptive defensive team. Yeah, and, and DACA feels like, who knows? Um, you know, it sounds like he's in a pretty good situation as well. Uh, Ravens play a 3-4, and so he's kind of a, either a pass rushing end or an outside linebacker, so he's got a transition to make. But, but body size-wise, that's probably not a bad place for yeah. him to be. Um you know, hopeful. I don't know the roster situation fully there, but pretty cool. Yeah, like Medea has a good article about all this stuff. Um, I think the big surprise for all of us was Dylan Stapleton getting picked up by the Texans. 
Um, and I don't know that it was a surprise that Dylan got picked up. It was a surprise that Riley so far has not. Um, but Dylan Stapleton, reading between the lines, Rob, and reading the Medea piece, seems like he actually has a – he's also in a good, good spot. A good place. Um, and another example, sometimes it's better to be undrafted than drafted in the sixth Well, everybody or says that. You know, you choose that. your spot and see where there's a potentially a winnable battle versus being like the fifth yeah. tight end on the roster if you were drafted by another team. Yeah, and the Texans have like a 35-year-old starter, and then they have a bunch of Dylan Stapleton-type players mm-hmm. behind him um, at tight end. They don't have a, you know, a, a big room at that position group. So who knows? I mean, obviously, he's another guy who we know he yep. can block, <laughs> and he could be used elsewhere on, you know, early on in his career if he makes it. And then the last of the five guys who signed free agent deals this week was uh, Brandon Polk, who did sign with the Rams – um, he has a really uphill battle, it looked like, in terms of the receiver yeah. room out there. <laughs> but we also know that Polk has clearly shown um, he could be used in the return game. Uh, you know, and I'm sure he's going to get a shot. And he's got, a, he's got an NFL speed. At some point. He does. I mean, that was the yeah. big thing. Polk was kind of a little bit of a under-the-radar, I think, in terms of, the like we thought, Carter, Daka, Danucci. You know, those were three of the names we thought Really, we felt confident in. Um, Polk was a little more like in the Dylan Stapleton category, but we had heard that he ran, you know, he had a private workout with the Falcons and ran a blazing fast yeah. 40 time um, earlier this, you know, couple in the and last it was, month. It so. was a ridiculously so, deep draft in terms of wide receivers. Sure so, was. Yeah. Uh, but McVay's a guy. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've got Cooper, well, Cooper Cup, and they've got. I was going to say, they have Cooper, Cooper Cup. So like, they've, they've they, shown. A, they understand you can they find believe players in FCS. FCS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they know. Yeah, um, yeah, and then the two the two surprises in the negative way so far, Rob, and and hopefully they'll get a shot sooner or later. I think we thought I was really surprised by Riley Stapleton not getting a chance. The other guy was Rashad Robinson. I can't say I was I was more disappointed. I was for more Rashad than I was for Rashad. Yeah, me too. Because two years ago he was like, he was like fourth or fifth round of, projected yeah. with some people, the optimistic ones. Yeah, he was really, you know, and one of certainly he was one of the like highest rated FCS prospects in the country. Um, but he's a guy. I don't know. I wonder. I, I, my my feeling is with him, people are probably just gonna. I don't know if people have given up on him so much as just he's continuing to get healthy and people want to see it. And I wonder if he'll get a chance sooner or later. Um, Riley was a surprise for me because I thought he might get a chance, even if it was moving to tight end. I think end. if he was. Uh, five- all right, Rob. What were you saying about Riley? No, oh, I was just I was just joking. Like if he was yeah. five inches shorter and played lacrosse, he would end up on the on the Patriots. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do think his size almost worked against him though. Like he he's it kind of makes him viewed as a tweener. Uh-huh. Where like he's got that tight end type height. He's a little bit he's a little bit heavy for a receiver, mm-hmm. but not quite heavy enough for a tight yeah. end. So I don't know. Like it, you don't know what he's a guy that probably really was hurt by the lack of a pro day. Big time. For people to see him because he is talented, but I think it's very easy to dismiss him. If, you're, if you've got a list of receivers, and we just mentioned it was a very yeah. deep class, it's pretty easy to go, oh, FCS guy, just a big body, playing in shorter corners, if yeah. you don't take the time to go visit him and really dig on tape and see him and see his athleticism. Yeah. Um, and I think he's probably 15, 20 pounds too light to play tight end immediately. Yeah. Um, but if, he's a guy where if you could get into a camp, Daniel Maybe Brown. they see, yeah, he could go the Daniel Brown route, was exactly yeah. what I was thinking. So yeah. that's unfortunate. I was bummed, but I really was just more sad for Robinson. 
And, yeah, me too. And it still might happen, but yeah, that just stinks. I mean, you, you work so hard, you, you head into that year with so many accolades and the prospect. Yep. He was a bigger prospect than Jimmy, you'll forget. Yeah, no doubt. And then he got hurt, and it just it stinks. And there's a million yeah. stories like that, but it doesn't make them any easier to take. No, it doesn't. And 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 the big picture, I think we should step back and say this was the least um, non FBS players in an NFL draft in like 20 years. Yeah, going back to '93, I saw like McLaughlin's piece. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so almost 30 years or whatever it is. Yeah, Um, and that clearly is the lack of pro days. And one thing I thought was funny is so many. We've heard some national writers talk about how the coaches and GMs remarked after this week's NFL draft. By the way, I I found the draft to be entertaining. I enjoyed the like. Uh, remote aspect of it and people the kids all being at their homes with their families i liked it better yeah i I liked it better although i don't normally love the draft no but i was kind of craving having some sort of content and i know there's also a little humanity in the coaches and gms like having their families around or well did you see a bunch of gms supposedly have been quoted i don't know if it's on the record record, saying like hey it kind of makes us question why we were burning the candle both ends in previous years this seemed more efficient and we didn't like and anybody with a brain can tell you there's no these are football coaches. We mm-hmm. all love football, but it shouldn't be a job that requires eighty hours a week. You know, like yeah. this is not life or death type stuff. Um, and that kind of culture, grinding it out, being the last one to leave the office, it is funny that they're realizing like, wow, that's kind of dumb. And so much of it, I'm sure, was just based on peer pressure. Like you literally don't want to be the one to leave. Yeah, and I, I I do think I, I'm I'm interested. It will be really interesting to look back four or five years from now and see what this draft, how it really shakes out. Yeah. Because the other side of that coin is what we just said, which is that the FCS and D2 kids didn't get a chance, mm-hmm. um, or at least way less than they did. And that's the kind of thing that all that grinding by the coaches and GMs is where you dig out all those diamonds in the rough. The diamonds in the rough, right? And so I don't know if this – who knows, right? I mean, if we look back three or four years from now and say, hey, that draft wasn't as good as it seemed – um, part of that may be, uh, you know, proof positive that you should look for deeper for these kids. Of course, if we look back and say that class was great and <laughs> we didn't take anybody, yeah, go the other way. Um, well, it does seem like the past couple of years and certainly this year, the default position was if you're not in love with somebody, just go to the SEC. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of safe GMing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you just think like yeah. they tend to get the best athletes. Yeah. Um, and they just, I mean, how many guys from LSU and Alabama got drafted? And then right yeah. behind them, Ohio State. Ohio State's yeah. another one. It's just, it's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So. But it was, it was fun to watch. I certainly enjoyed the, um, you know, NFL cribs. Uh, yeah. You know, seeing all that stuff was really awesome. Like the, what was it? The Vikings coach with the hunting lodge and Kingsbury's house and Jerry being on the yacht. Yeah. <laughs> like Belichick looking like he was in a homeless shelter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, all of that was pretty. Oh, the odd. Giants, too. I mean, Gettleman oh, yeah. had just like a pile of clothes and boxes inside. It but like it was he... also cool to see Gettleman. Like, people were like, I joked about it the first night. They caught him, you know, putting the mask on. Yeah. And people were like, he's in his own house. And then it turns out, you know, he said afterwards, A, he's, you know, immunocompromised. Uh, yeah, immunocompromised. Yeah. And B, he had the IT guy from the. Yeah organization there um to help him so mm-hmm. in the house so yeah i was just kind of i thought it was i actually really enjoyed it in that way i mean part of it i guess was just us not having any sports but i really enjoyed like i mean that whole tanucci thing he's there with his family you know yeah. like these kids everyone was not trying to be cool 
mean, well, did you see Rivera's call to Chase Young when he asked him yeah, to put his father on awesome the line? Too. That was yeah. really cool. He's like, I, I think you should be the one to tell your son. Right. And I don't know, in a normal year, you know, Chase Young's in Vegas walking out on the stage or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, And also, um, shout out to my nephew, Benjamin, who is a college football uh, kind of draft nerd. Co- okay. Correctly nailed the first nine picks in order. Nice. <laughs> Very proud of himself. Good work. Um, yeah. So he's That's a, awesome. He's a big Auburn fan and SEC, you know, follower in general. But I was pretty impressed with that. Not a lot of, not a lot of mock drafts I saw had the first nine correct. No, no. So, good luck to Rashad and Riley. Hopefully, they will get a chance uh, soon. Um, by the time, whenever the season, uh, whenever regular stuff, regular life resumes at all, um, and we'll let you know if we hear anything else. If anything moves again um, in the next week or so. Rob, we got an overtime question. This was uh, one of our friends online asked this, I don't know, this morning or last night, mentioned that they had done something very nerdy. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, we'll do this for overtime. And that is, uh, what's the nerdiest thing you've done in the last six weeks? Oh, I, I haven't done much of anything. So <laughs> there's not a whole lot of things to choose from. Nerdy or I guess that counts. Like, yeah. uh, my jump shot has completely, it's not nerdy, but my jump shot has, has completely peaked. And there's nobody around <laughs> to see it. And it's killing me. <laughs> It's just you guys like, do have the backyard hoop. Yeah, and all yeah. I do, I just go out there and I just shoot. And I play horse, and I just—I've developed a three-point shot, which was never in my arsenal because I'm so old. You know, <laughs> we grew up in the town; mid-range jumpers were a thing. Uh, yeah. But in terms of nerdiness, I—I I don't know how bad this is. I mentioned on previous episodes that I've been uh-huh. doing a lot of cooking. Uh-huh. Um, I dove in a little bit deeper, and I'm actually on mm-hmm. day five of making my own sourdough starter. So that's a little. Yeah, that's nerdy. nerdy. That, <laughs> that's, uh, that's out there. So, Make your own, so that doesn't require, wait, that doesn't require yeast? No, it's natural no. yeast. It's similar to like yeah. um, wild ales, where okay. it, just, it just takes the yeast from the ale. So it's very, very easy. Um, I don't know why I haven't done it before. Evidently, there's uh, billions of people doing it. You can't find yeast anywhere. <laughs> yeah. like we, so. we had to get it from a local cheese shop who's selling it out of their own stash. Just some little baggies. <laughs> it was like a drug deal or something. Um, so I looked it up and I was like, oh, let's do this. We'll bake bread. And it's easy. You just mix flour and water and then the natural air, the yeast comes from the air and you feed it every day. Like every 24 hours, I add some more flour and water and it continues to oh, wow. bubble and burst. And then, and then I'll use this to completely mess up baking a loaf of bread. So that'll be next week. <laughs> well, I think that counts. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty it's pretty I, nerdy. I, I was not expecting that. No. So yeah, good work. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, what about you? Mine is, um, I, I never used the, and I still am working on it, but I, li- I already listened to like one of the nerdiest podcasts ever. It's called Wheel of Time Spoilers. Mm-hmm. This is this 14 oh, book, book series fantasy like? series yeah. that I'm like obsessed with. And then this one goes like chapter by chapter through 14,000 page books. Wow. Like, yeah, reviewing these two nerds from Portland, like going through this thing. Um, I really like it, but I had never they have like a they're always talking about like they have like a patreon account and stuff you know that you could support their podcast and i'd never done it but i felt you know i know both of them are in like the service industry and so i did sign up for it like six weeks ago or so Mm -hmm. when this was all starting thinking like oh i'll sign up i'll kick in a couple dollars a month and that'll you know do this thing what i didn't know is it got me access to their discord page i I don't even know what that is i i didn't know that either and you can actually like watch them record the podcast. Like, oh, is it like they Twitch? essentially, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they stream themselves recording the podcast each week, and like other listeners can like 
interact with them and like send them comments during the, you know, like correct them in real time. Oh. Um, so <laughs> yeah, this is like the nerdiest thing I've ever yeah. done. It would probably be good for us at some point, but I don't know how to make it all. I don't know how it all works, but yes, that's where, uh, that's the point. Yeah. That's, that that's definitely in the nerd category. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Um, so thank you uh, everybody for sticking with us. A couple things, Rob, I did see the alumni association is had starting with Eric Boland had put out a thing for like, what, you know, what would you say to the class of 2020 who's graduating now? Um, we would say go back and find Rob's piece about not graduating. Yeah. <laughs> hold As on, always. hold on for a little bit. That seems like even more appropriate than ever. <laughs> Things this are time. great like, out here. John no. Oh, no, my, my <laughs> right, company right. fire. Hit me up. We, we got 250. Yeah, if you could go back for a fifth year, go back for a fifth year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Master's okay, degree good, won't yeah. hurt. So you guys are still hiring. That's good to hear. Yes. Um, and yeah, like we said, we've, we've had uh, Jamie Mottram from Breaking Tea and Brian and Colby Tro from Mossy Creek the last few weeks on the JMU Built series. Uh, go back and li- they're really fun to listen to if you haven't gotten a chance. Those are pretty cool. Uh, we'll be trying to do a little more with that um, as we go through this time. And then book, and and then then... book yourself a, a, a guide for some bass fishing this summer and then buy a t-shirt yes. from Breaking Tea. Help those guys out. That's right. Yes. Um, and then the last thing we will very quietly, I saved this for the very end. I won't say much about it. I'm just saying, uh, I am proud to say we, we, we have thought through a potentially really cool, <laughs> really cool event that, um, JMU sports related, and we're getting some support from people that are w- are way more important to JMU sports than we are. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know if it's going to happen or if we're going to be a part of it. Um, but we're really just for those of you that listen this long, uh, there's something really cool content-wise on the horizon, I think, um, for JMU Sports. Whether whether Rob and I are a part of it or not, doesn't matter to us. We would just love to have great JMU Sports content. Yes, right and, so, and this, would be, this yes. would be pretty good content. This would be good. This would be pretty yeah. cool, yeah. So that's really all I got, Rob. I will, um, it, depending on, we, we, you know, who knows, we may pull this off next week. But otherwise, you know, we'll have something else, and I will talk to you next week probably. Yeah, have a good week. Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, good dukes. No.